It's good to see you, and uh, we're really glad, uh, Brother Samson. May I talk to you after service? It's good to have you here. Thank you for coming. Uh, Mark, thank you for inviting him. Maybe I'll have a way to go to India now. (laughs) 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 Amen. Uh, Yeah, Dick and uh, Nancy, don't go anywhere anymore. Amen. It's good to have every one of you here tonight. I want to uh, continue with the message I've been speaking on 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 Wednesday night about prayer. About prayer. Prayer is so important. Uh, And the message tonight I titled it, Can Prayer Really Change Things? Can Prayer Really Change Things? Uh, Father, we just ask that the Spirit of God will speak tonight and help us, Lord. You speak more than the words that can come out of the mouth of a man and to our hearts, Father. We ask that you speak today and give us understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Can prayer really change things? You know, this, this, this is what I hear a lot of Christians. We used to say that a lot. I'm not sure if I hear this a whole lot these days. But Christians will say, prayer changes things. You heard about it? Prayer changes things. But right now, these days, I begin to wonder if Christians really believe that. If you really believe there's power in prayer. We believe we say that. But do you really believe it? If you really believe it, how are you responding to the issues that you're dealing with in your life? How are you responding to it? If you really believe that prayer changes things, are you really acting in that way? Are you really praying, hoping that situation will change? Most Christians, when they pray these days, you know, we throw out a lot, and, and we're excited if something comes back. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? But that's not the way it should be. If we really believe that prayer changes things. Now, please understand, it's not uh, the circumstance, or let me put it this way, the eternal essence of, of a circumstance or a thing or an issue in your life is not in the thing itself or the circumstance itself. Is in your response to the situation, the circumstance that determine the eternal essence of that particular situation. God is the one that allows these difficulties to come into your life and for a purpose. He's already told us in his word that there is a reward if you overcome. So there's got to be circumstances, negative circumstances, to come into your life for the reward. How can you be rewarded if you haven't overcome? There's got to be some negative thing in your life that you have to overcome. But we don't like those negative things, and we think that those things are are to destroy. Yes, it seems in the natural, when those negative circumstances come into our lives, they are really making things uncomfortable for us. And for some people, they tend to want to move you away from God, forget God, and then you wonder, why is God allowing this? Well, there is a reason. 
We have to be overcomers. And overcomers overcome difficult circumstances. And we have to realize, I begin, I'm, these days I'm beginning to realize, the greatest power we have on the earth is prayer. You can't do anything but by prayer. When you cast out a devil like Enos was testifying about the way I do it. <laughs> yeah, you do that through prayer. Everything we do is prayer of faith. It's prayer of faith. And, and, and if you have difficult circumstances coming your way, that means God is saying, I can trust you to pray a prayer of faith and overcome this circumstance. But what I see today is like we're just praying and hoping that something happens. And if it happens, we go just rejoicing. Testimony is good. But if you read in the scriptures, Jesus prayed and I received answers. People were rejoicing. He, he, to him, it was normal. Right? People praised the Lord for what was happening, but Jesus expected it. So we need to get to that place. You know, the Bible tells us the, uh, this, that we'll go to the life of Peter, James. You remember James was killed, the brother of John? I, I never really, really liked that when I started reading scriptures for the first time. I mean, I had so much hope for James, <laughs> Peter, and John. Because they were so close. You understand what I'm saying? I, I'm, I thought, boy, these three guys that Jesus will always, they're going to do great things. You know, I, I should read in the gospel. And then you get into Acts of the Apostles, and all of a sudden, James is gone. It's frightening. What happened here? And then you also had a situation with Paul. Uh, who was persecuting the church, all of a sudden this guy rose from nowhere. I mean, you never read of him in, in the gospel, right? And even after the baptism of, of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, and the church was growing and all the persecution, initial, initial persecution, you didn't hear anything about Paul. And all of a sudden, this guy rose, and he got all the way to the top, and he was determined to cause the Christians a lot of trouble. And it was the early church. They prayed a lot in those days. Remember? <laughs> they prayed daily. They prayed. It was the hour of prayer. You remember the guy that was healed? Get beautiful. They were going to sanctuary. The hour of prayer. And the believers were praying in those days. I mean, if it's just a religious exercise, why pray? Amen. God intends for us to pray and answer. And I said it last week, Wednesday. That Jesus never acknowledged anything like an unanswered prayer. He never did. You can read through the scriptures. He never acknowledged anything like that. He was encouraging us to pray. He said, if two of you shall agree concerning anything that you shall ask of my father, it shall be done for you. If two of you shall agree concerning anything on the earth. Well, he first he, uh, he, he encouraged us and said, this is the way I want you to pray. That will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Basically, if you are not praying on the earth, there's nothing going to be done on the earth like it is done in heaven. So, if you want heaven on earth, you pray. 
pray this way. He puts that responsibility. But then he's telling us, if you pray that way, just as it's done in heaven, it will be done so on earth. I, I, now I understand why Jesus prayed so much. You understand? Why he prayed so much? I mean, in my mind, you know, when I, before I came into Christianity, he's the son of God, and he is God, right? Why is he praying so much? Why would he go and pray all night by himself? While the other guys are snoozing, the son of God is praying. What is he praying about? Well, he was the, a man on the earth. You know, I said it here before. Jesus referred to himself more than, uh, as the son of man than the son of God. What he was saying, I am a man, just like the rest of you. I am a man, son of man. Now, when he talks about salvation, you getting saved, he asks you, do you believe in the son of God? The language changes. Because you have to believe in him as God for you to be saved. But as a human being, as he operated on earth, he was a man. So he was constantly saying, the son of man, the son of man, the son of man. So as, a, as the son of man, he humbled himself and he needed to pray. He needed to pray just like every man. If he, if he didn't pray, nothing's going to happen. No miracles, nothing. Nothing. He had to pray. So he spent all night praying before choosing the 12 disciples. We ought to pray. Now, John Wesley says, God never does anything but in answer to prayer. Nothing. But in answer to prayer, we ought to pray. Now, Paul was being, was being real nasty, Saul, to the church. And Jesus had taught them, pray for your enemies, Right? Notice nobody was fighting back. Nobody was trying to harm uh, Paul or Saul. But they were praying constantly for this man. And they were running around away from him. But I'm sure that they were praying for this man because he became uh, trouble for them. (laughs) And they were praying for him. He was an enemy. They prayed for him, I believe. And, And Jesus appeared and said... Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's hard to kick against pricks. And then he said, who are you, Lord? But I need to let you know this. And I believe this from, and I said it last time. If this whole church will zero in on one person to pray for, for the person to be saved, they will be saved no matter how hard they are in their heart. I know they have their self-will. You understand what I'm saying? But God has a way of bending that will. If he can bend Paul's will, where he said, Okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? (laughs) That was his reply. Who are you, Lord? He knew it was the Lord. Jesus spoke to him and then his reply was blind. He couldn't see. Okay, now, what do you want me to do? From that day, the guy was changed. The number one enemy of the church on that day, his life was changed. And when you pray for people who will not pray, when God finally touches them, they'll be the one praying. I'd like to read this scripture, uh, Acts chapter 9 verse 11. So the Lord said to him, to Ananias, now he was saying, go, go, to, go to Paul. Go to Paul or Saul, the one that's been persecuting you. And Ananias says, go, 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 go bless him. The guy said to the Lord, Jesus said, let me inform you in case you don't know. 
That guy is the one that has been trying to kill us. <laughs> and he's here to come and get some of us. Let, let, me, let me inform you, Lord, since you are in heaven. He says, no, quickly, go. This is what Jesus replied to him. He says, so the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, what is he doing? He is praying. This was a guy who wouldn't pray. He was going to kill him. Now he is praying. When God touched him. Not only was he praying, he was, seeing in a, he was having a vision also. And God was showing him that Ananias was coming to lay hands on him. But wouldn't you love that? Only through, I believe, just because people were praying. And I alluded to James being killed. The believers were not, they didn't know. They had no track record of what was going to happen. Herod just took the guy. And before they even had time to think about it, he was gone. Amen. God's will, I don't know. But he was gone. Herod killed him. And when Herod figured that, boy, this thing really made the Jews happy, the Bible says that he stretched out his hand again and he picked Peter and locked him up. He was going to kill him the next day. You remember the story? He was going to kill him. But this is what the Bible says. And, and you need to understand, we need to really focus on this. If we focus on an individual or a nation, the children of God begin to pray and refuse to quit, that thing will change. No matter how hard. Jesus said to us very clearly, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock, the door will be opened. Everyone that asks receives. You are asking to change a situation, right? That's negative. He, he says, everyone who asks receives. Jesus said in John, John chapter 14, He said, ask any, if you shall ask anything of the Father in my name, I will do it that the Father will be glorified. He never allowed for an unanswered prayer. If you ask anything in my name, and he never he said, if you ask anything and, if, and have faith applied, then you get the answer. No word about faith. So many times Christians say, well, I don't know if I have faith enough. Jesus didn't say anything about faith. If you are a believer, you already have faith. Or how could you have been saved if you didn't have faith? And that was given to you, for by grace are you saved, through faith. And that, out of yourself. The gift, you got it. The gifts and the callings of God are without. They're there. The faith is there. So Jesus said, as I have your heavenly father, you ask in his name, you get it. But this, the devil has come with all kinds of words that we've heard and things that we see happening. One man's experience, another man's experience, no, that's bad. But they also have been influenced. I have been influenced. We have to, you know, cleanse our minds and get off that and begin to believe God and say, I don't care how bad it is, God is still going to be able to do something about this. Let's just pray. Let's just pray about it. God can change. Once you settle that God cannot do anything, no change can come because of the will of a man, then forget it. But that was not the case. Now with Peter, the disciples had learned their lesson. They knew this guy is going to kill him. You know, so the Bible tells us Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer, that's the difference. Constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. They didn't quit. Constant prayer. 
That's why prayer changes things. Whether the king liked it or not, it didn't matter. If they prayed, that thing is going to change. He didn't like what happened to, to Peter. And I can't go through all of that. But you know, an angel appeared. How many of us still believe that angels can appear when we pray today? <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm not talking about angels coming and appearing and, and leaving uh, part of his feathers in the church. <laughs> That's okay. You understand what I'm saying? That's okay, but I need something done. I need something done. I need something changed. Don't leave me your feathers and I'm still having problems. <laughs> you understand? I mean, this is not a laughing matter. It's really important. You know, it's so important. I need something. I need to be delivered from my trouble. I need a bill paid or I need my life transformed. I need my kids, you know, coming back to the Lord. I need something done. Don't just give me feathers and go back to heaven. Do something for us. Now, they prayed and the angel appeared. And we are more in the last days than they were. And the Bible tells us in the last days, God will pour his spirit upon our flesh. And we, we are more. So the miracles should be taking place even today. But we have been indoctrinated or somehow, either subconsciously or consciously, we just don't give in for these things anymore. We don't expect anything. We don't see that our prayers can change things. Now we got a lot of empty chairs in the church. Can we, as a church, decide we're going to pray and believe God and every seat will be filled? If we do that and refuse to yield and refuse to speak negative words, this place will be filled with very powerful believers. You know, it, you can do anything in life, but the things that will last and the things that count are the things that you receive from God by faith in prayer. The only thing that counts on the earth are those things that we receive from the Lord by faith in prayer. There are a lot of promises in the word of God, but the promises are not good until you have been in the throne room with faith and the blood of Jesus. So they prayed and God answered, sent an angel and released uh, the game. It's so funny, notice... If you read this story, it's kind of funny because Peter came to the door. You remember? So where is their faith? They were believers. They prayed. <laughs> they say, you sure that's Peter out there? <laughs> this, is, this is a joke. They didn't believe the lady when she says, Peter is out there. They said, you, you got to be crazy. They're going to kill him. But they're praying. See? Right? They're praying, but they're saying he's dead. But he's praying. It has nothing to do with faith. We need to pray. We are believers. If we trust in the Lord and we believe that God does answer prayer, the situation will change. No matter how long it's been, no matter how difficult it's been, we can change ourselves. The prayer that we pray, that's what's going to change us as we are praying. And this is our prayer that's going to line us Right, if we are not even right before God, but we desire this thing, as you pray, then God lines you up, your attitude gets better, because you won't quit, right? And then God answers the prayer, and He gets the glory. By the time you receive the answer, you're a different man. That's why prayer is so important. 
We need to use our prayer to correct the injustice that's going on on the earth. There's a lot of injustice. The devil is, is a madman. He, you know, he, he runs around telling lies, blinding people, and robbing them of salvation because Jesus paid the price for every man. And he's telling even those who are saved that they're not saved, that something is wrong with their life, and that their sins in their lives, they won't go to heaven, their prayers can't be answered. All of these things are injustice. Because the real justice is Jesus has already paid the price. And we can be forgiven. John made it very clear. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All we need to do is confess it, right? And then we're cleansed. But he lets them know, you have been a bad girl, you've been a bad girl, boy, and he's been so long, and so God cannot answer your prayer. So we really need to. Then I'm going to go into this scripture in in Romans chapter 5 verse 17. It says, For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through one Jesus Christ. What is he talking about? You reign in life? Now, you don't reign after you die. After you're dead, you go back to heaven, right? He's talking about reigning here on the, in this life, right? So how do you reign in this life? Are you the president of the United States? Yes, you are, even though you're not wearing that hat. Because through prayer, you can reign in life. But let's, let's see how powerful this is. It says, death reigned. Are you going to find a man that will not die? Have you found somebody that he says, I'm never going to die? Or you will laugh. From the time Adam sinned, death reigned. And he's still reigning to today. Jesus has put an end to it. People will suffer the second death. But death is reigning the way it was from Adam till this very day. Because of one offense. And God is saying, as death is reigning, so you ought to reign in life. We ought to reign in life through one Jesus Christ to obey God. How do we reign? By prayer. Faith. Prayer. We overcome. You can read Hebrews chapter 11. How they subdued kingdoms. How? By prayer and faith. Where a man like Elijah can walk up to the king. All of a sudden you didn't hear anything about him. All, he just shows up. He's, he's a teach bite. He walks up to the king. And he says, there's not going to be rain in this country. Unless I say so. You know, most people will say, sure. Sure. You say so. That's when rain will come. Yeah, we'll see. And for, they were looking for him. Who was really raining? The king or Elijah? They had to look for him. And until he said so, there was no rain. And the Bible tells us in James, we're just like Elijah. Right? Human. But he prayed. And God Heard from heaven and shut the heaven. 
I'd like to go back a little bit into Elijah's life. Notice God told Elijah, we have to understand something with regards to prayer. I'll use that tonight. But God told Elijah, I said, I want you to go show yourself to the king. Because I want to send rain. Right? Go and show yourself to the king because I'm going to send rain. He showed himself to the king, right? They had their stuff on Mount Camel. Remember that? But did he pray for the rain to come? Did he? Yes, he did. He prayed for the rain to come. He sent his servant, go look. You have a cloud? That was after God told him, I'm going to send rain. And he still was praying. Nothing is done except by prayer. Nothing happens. Even if God has said, a man on the earth still has to pray. We still have to pray. In Luke chapter 18, verse 1 through 3, he says, Yet Jesus spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Saying there was a certain city, uh, in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. Get justice for me from my adversary. The devil is our enemy, and he's carrying out a lot of injustice on the earth. And the only way to stop him is to go to the judge. We go into the throne room. He says, come boldly to the throne of grace so that you can. We go to the judge and we tell him what's going on. We're saying to him, I need justice done. Why? Because Jesus, you paid the price for me to enjoy this thing and he is depriving me from it. I need justice. He's not done and back the next day to the judge. Judge, I know you heard me the last time. Is it done yet? I'm back. I'm expecting justice. Do it for me. And Jesus gave this parable. He said, men ought always to pray. Always to pray. Constant prayer was being made for, by, for, by the church for Peter. Men ought always to pray. And he, he illustrated that using the story of this unjust judge. And then they kept, he kept coming, I need justice. If I'm sick, I need justice, Lord. By his stripes, I am healed, right? I keep coming. If it's financial difficulty, my kids, whatever it is, I'm going out to the Lord and asking, God, you need to help me. And I'm not looking to any man. I'm looking to God. I need you to help me. You decide, you decide how you're going to do it. But I have confidence in you. You'll take care of this for me. How are you going to do it? I don't, I don't know. And I really don't care. That's not my business. Now, that's what Jesus told us. He says, it is not for you to know the time and the season that the Father has put in his own power. That's not your business. Yours is to preach the gospel, pray, do whatever you are asked to do, and let God do the rest of it. But we need justice from the enemy. 
and we need to cry out to the master constantly and he's already guaranteed us if you ask anything in my name john chapter 16 verse 23 24 jesus said up till now you have not asked anything in my name why don't you try try asking something in my name he says ask that you might receive that your joy may be full so you want your joy full ask because he said when you ask you will receive and when you receive from god your heart is lifted not only is your need met but you know you're connected to the master so your joy will be full you cannot just handle a situation and just work on it by yourself with your own wisdom that's not to say not to do anything about it but you really need your focus need to be god you need to help me with this and i believe you will help me and then he will begin to bring wisdom into your head into your mind and then send the right people to you people to either coach you teach you or help you until that thing is done amen Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 says, Pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for saints. We just need to pray. Basically, I'm saying God wants us to pray. Christians need to pray. Many Christians don't pray very much. We spend very little time. And when we have problems, instead of going to God, we're talking to people more than we're talking to God. It's not wrong to talk to people. You'll get advice. You understand what I'm saying? But you really need to talk to God and spend a lot of time talking to him about this problem instead of calling somebody. Yeah, you can do that, and they'll give you wisdom. But I tell you, they will have greater wisdom to share with you if you had been praying. God will give them something to say that's going to break that thing and give you some release, you know. Christians ought always to pray. He says, praying always, just like Jesus said. We have forgotten the act of praying. We need to pray. Christians need to pray. Nothing is done without prayer. We have to pray. We have to pray. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. That's what Paul says. And I shared this and I will close with this. The spirit and the bride. They have to say come. The spirit and the bride. As, you know, I just used this probably last week or the other Sunday, but then it hit me that the Spirit also prays. You know that? The Holy Spirit prays through us. And we have to walk with Him in prayer. That's the Spirit and then the bride. If we are praying and then the Spirit is praying, there is no way it will not be done. The Spirit wants to pray through us. In Romans chapter uh, 8, verse 26, likewise, the Spirit also helps our weakness. You see, He's involved with us. He's helping the weakness here. He says, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. So He's helping us to really pray right. So it's the Spirit and the bride saying, come. Maybe we need to go back to that scripture, uh, Revelation chapter 22, verse 17. And the spirit and the bride say, come, and let him who hears say, come, and let him who thirsts come, whoever, desire, whoever desires, let him take of the water of life uh, freely. 
So the spirit and the bride, the bride, that's you and I, and then the spirit of God. When both of us agree, forget it, he's done. And then I found that this scripture here in Romans chapter 8, the spirit is already wanting to cooperate with us as we pray. Likewise, the spirit also helps our weaknesses. So he's helping us as the spirit and the bride, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself makes intercession for us. So that's the spirit saying, come, and you are also saying, come, even though your understanding is limited. But the Spirit is walking with us. He makes intercession for us uh, with groanings, which cannot be. And you can read further, and it says the Spirit makes intercession for us according to the will of God. And remember what John chapter, First uh, John chapter five, verse fourteen, fifteen says: If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, we know we already have what we're asking for. We already have. All hearing means answered. And once you are praying about something that's God's will, He's heard you. All, the only requirement, let it be God's will. And how do you determine God's will? If you earthly fathers know how to give good things to your children, right? How much more shall your heavenly father? If he's good, your heavenly father wants to give it to you. If he wants to give it to you, then it must be his will, right? He won't give you something that is not his will. So if he's good, according to the scriptures, that's Matthew chapter 6, uh, 7, from verse 7 down. He wants to give it to you if he's good. And if it's God's will, you have it. But we need to stay believing and refusing to quit. Men ought always to pray and not faint. Always to pray and not lose heart. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Even though the answer is not coming right away, don't give up. The righteous judge will give you justice. Stand up with me tonight. You know... Uh, I was sharing with Sherman. There was uh, the president of Nigeria, uh, where I'm from, if you don't know that. <laughs> but uh, he was a wicked president. And uh, he, he was going to be a president for life. And you know what it is in African countries, when the president becomes president for life, everything goes down. He becomes a billionaire and people are wasting and the Nigerians knew, but they were afraid of him because uh, if you say a word, you just disappear. That's right. If you say anything against him, not, nobody's going to... If you say a word, it does, well, the, a former president was in prison waiting to, to, to die. It, to his assistant, I guess that was his, uh, the associate one, I don't know, he died in prison. And uh, everyone was scared. And there was going to be an election, and there were uh, several uh, parties, but they all had one candidate, the president. It's just like the Democrats, our candidate is this president. And then you have Republicans, they have the same candidate. All of the, about four or five uh, parties, but all of them had this one man as their candidate. He's going to win. 
But the Christians refused. They started praying. They spent all night. If you've been in Nigeria with me, they pray all night. They started praying. They refused to quit. They said, God, if he will not listen to you, take him out. Guess what happened? Before the election, he died mysteriously. Yeah, he died. Nobody killed him. He just died in his room or something. And then the president who came after him said, and I read it in the paper. See, I was here. He said his death was divine intervention. That's what, and not a Christian man, but he recognized there was no way to take this guy out. He was slated to be the president and to oppress the country, but the Christians will not quit. Everywhere in the country, they were having prayer meetings all night and fasting and praying. We don't want this fellow. And God took him out. You got great power in your mouth. Amen? Use it. Speak to heaven. Let's pray tonight. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. Lord, encourage us to spend time praying. Help us not to be discouraged uh, with the things that we are going through. As long as we are still in this body, we can cry out to you and you hear from heaven and give us justice. Thank you, Father, for ministering to us. We will take your yoke upon us and we will rest. We will cast our cares upon you because we know you care for us and that these problems will be taken care of. Thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for giving all for us so that we can have life and have it more abundantly. Help us to understand how to enjoy that life and never to be discouraged or to be afraid because we have a good God on our side. Thank you in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.